George is a man of his word. And when he said he's going to be there at a certain time, he's pretty good with his timekeeping. Yeah, I think so. I mean, some people would disagree, um, and I don't blame them. It was only if there was like a delay with trans. Touch. Let's just go straight into it, Biggin. Welcome back. This is what is this week three? Back again. Let's do it. This is week three. Still, Honestly, still in the game. Finishing the year three. off strong. Loving it. Well, I guess it's, I guess actually, yeah, technically, we should say starting the year off strong. This is going out <laughs> on New Year's Day, isn't it? This is going out on New Year's Day, and I couldn't be more excited because I think everyone needs to start their uh, their twenty twenty one with. I couldn't think of a better way to start the GNT Let's get into it. I'm obviously George. This is also George. This is the GNT hour. Um, where we just waffle about, you know, anything and everything. So let's just get into what we're going to talk about this week. I think there's no better place to start, really, than uh, round it up, you know, last year. I'd say, you know, not that much happened, did it, last year? Be thick. Yeah, nothing um, major. quiet year. Yeah. Um, all concerned? Um, no. So I reckon we just start off with, like, what, we, what we've been up to this year. I mean, obviously... The start of the year was just back to normal. Well, what was was that's, that's the funny thing. Back to normal. The start of the year was normal, wasn't it? It was just like I finished off work. I was doing, obviously you know I was working at the ice rink, and then I started working for Camp America. That was a whole bunch of fun working in marketing there, and it was like sort of a a new start to a new year. It seems like an absolute world away. Like I do not remember like pre March. Yeah, it was funny. Well, was like. We met up a couple of times, didn't we? We met up. Like I was saying, well, it was obviously the year before, wasn't it? When you came to the ice rink when I was working there. And then we did a couple of nights out yep. at the beginning of the year, sort of when you could. Yeah, we did. I think we met up. Um, yeah, I think we met up in the November and December yeah. of 2019. And then I think it was January. I think yeah, like I remember you came and met me one night, the day after work, didn't um, you? And then we just went out and did like a little bit of a pub call around the local area. <laughs> yeah, yeah was that the time I was like an hour late? This is the funny thing. Good, let's let's give some context to this. <laughs> George didn't have a phone. Oh no, that's true. That was one of my high probably I think around like high and five Basically, I know you're you're thinking he doesn't have a phone. Yeah, but like, how do you contact him? No, you literally can't contact him. You just when we make plans or when I made plans with George, it was just let's just pray that he's going to be there because I have no way of checking if he's going to be there. So I just sort of had to wait. You know, and normally, I mean, to be fair, every most time like say you have like a 80 90 chance that your george is gonna go there was only one time wasn't there when we were supposed to go down to see Taubes that we uh that we didn't end up catching up but <laughs> no most of the time yeah no it doesn't it doesn't make it easy not being able to contact you on the phone um meeting up um, but then also i think it probably adds to the thrill of it you know there's the that excitement of will you turn up won't you turn up yeah it must have been awful i mean i'm like I said, I bet you were like pulling your hair out, thinking, "Oh God, I'm just gonna, you know, be stranded here, looking like an absolute muppet." Because I think I met you, didn't I, when you were working in Camp America and you were sitting on the steps outside the office? Yeah, the I might office have been closed. Waiting. Yeah, I might have been waiting for a little bit, but that was fine. I think that was, the, to be fair, the few times it has like we have met up, it's been like after, like if I've been working somewhere or like I've been doing something, and then I go and meet you afterwards. So it's not like. So normally I'm not like traveling all the way in just to meet you. So it's not like I have to travel in and then wait for an hour and then see it. It's more like I see... it's convenient for the both of us. Yeah, exactly. So I'll uh, sort of see you after work or what have you. I think a couple of times when we met up, when you were working, you I think you oh, probably, I working. maybe when you were working or when you were like you'd been you'd just been in London. That was when we met in Piccadilly Circus. Remember when we did that pub crawl when uh that was a good pub crawl in was that was that February this year? I wanna say it was when I wasn't drinking. 
Yeah, I think that was February. That, yeah, that was after um, I think we met up after I finished working at A and F. Yes, exactly. It was a and it was a yeah, hilarious sort of, time. Oh, it was fantastic. Um, absolutely loved getting smashed on my own. Yeah. So to give some context to it, I just wasn't drinking at that time. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It might have been like something I was doing at the time. I can't really remember back to it. But I think I just decided that I didn't really want to drink alcohol for a bit. But obviously, I still want to meet up and socialize with my mates. So I'm especially me and you, we go to the pub. That is what we do. Like, we, if we're going to meet up, we're going to go to the pub. But, yeah, lucky for you, G Gill was, uh, was on the lime, lime sodas. Lime sodas. I don't understand how I let you get away with that because I was in a whole different dimension after that. <laughs> yeah. I, think that. I was out for the count. Like, I don't understand... I went toe-to-toe with someone that was just drinking lime sodas. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you are a big drinker anyway. Yeah, I can put it away. Yes, I do definitely agree with that. But I'd say, yeah, I, mean, I was. We, we must have gone to about, I'd say, six or seven at least different pubs. And Yeah, I think we started in Soho at the Glassblower. Yeah. And then we went to... We finished up, I think, at the Cadogan Arms in... I think that's near Soho as well. Um, yeah, I think we finished up there. But yeah, we had like four or five in between. And don't you remember we met um, the guy that played? Oh, oh, oh in EastEnders uh, and Pete, did um, uh, Peter Beale. That was it. Yeah, and he was in um, Bohemian Rhapsody as well. Yeah, they one played the drummer. Yeah, oh, we met him. In, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was ra- Yeah, it was so random. <laughs> so random. He just walked in with his mates, and we were like, "Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell as well when someone like that like goes into goes into a uh, pub or something like that and like everyone sort of turns around and is like oh my god that's like because i imagine he was in eastenders around the time a lot of people are or our age were into it slash like had been watching it yeah yeah and i think he's i think he's been in quite a few like hollywood films as well since then i i remember whenever i see him i think i always think back oh i remember catching you in the pub i think it's funny because there's so many famous people that like what's one about London as well. Like I think I was, we saw Sam Smith or like we were with people that like just bumped into Sam Smith in the middle of Soho just like randomly. Like it's ridiculous. Isn't so it? Like I saw Jimmy Carr in Carnaby Street and was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, you just see them. You're like, "Oh, you know what I mean?" Oh, it's like you're normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. But no, yeah. So that was a fun time for you, George, keeping it up, and it was fun for me as well because I just was aware of all the stuff I would never usually be aware of when we're meeting up drinking together. So this oh. sober G girl, like when we're just chatting with loads of random people, I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, what a listen to this waffle. Oh, oh mate, that was awful. But think about it now though, like think about doing a pub call now, you wouldn't be able to do it. Like you have to book all these pubs, you can't like just go into random one. And you can only have it with a meal now, like you can't have a drink, Just you can't just go to the pub and have a drink, you've got to have a drink and a meal. Like, you couldn't stand at the bar, there wouldn't be like, you know, remember, just think about like, we're standing in a pub waiting for, to get a, served and you know, it's like, you're like shoulder to shoulder with like about 100 other people, aren't you? Like in a bar somewhere, like trying to get Yeah, a it's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's and that that was this year as well. How wild is that? Yeah, but it, like I said, it seems like an absolute million years away um, ago. Sorry, and it was yeah, it's just an app. I don't understand. I really don't understand like how how much things can change from like one day to the next. Because obviously, when it first broke in sort of like November December, um, that everything was coming, um, that there was this outbreak, like because it was way over sort of like the east side of the world like no one yeah. really took any notice of it no exactly and then sort of when it hit uk shores 
it literally just started taking off like wildfire. People were still like, oh, it's going to be fine. Like, I still remember sitting in the office, in the Camp America office, and like us just being like, I mean, it, we might have to cancel, like, going to, like, certain events. Like, I know uni started cancelling, like, our, like, visits and talks and stuff. And we were like, oh, no, like, we can't do that. You can't do this or whatever. But then, yeah, and then it's like, oh, suddenly we're working from home. And then, oh, suddenly, like, people are on furlough. And then, oh, suddenly you can't leave the house. And, oh, suddenly, like, three months has gone by. And you don't know what's going on. I think the only, yeah. the only thing that got us through that time, I'd say, is the weather. The weather was just unreal around that time, wasn't it? It was like 30 degrees. Everyone was like sunbathing in the garden. Yeah, I think we were blessed with the weather. I think if, like you said, if the weather wasn't as fantastic as it was, I think a lot of more people would have struggled. Because um, obviously, although you were still confined in your house, if you were lucky enough to have a garden, you could escape to that. And you were essentially... like. I'm not sure about you, but I sort of almost felt when I retreated to my garden that I was more on holiday than I was um, at home because I sort of treated the home as sort of like, because it was so sunny, like a villa. Um, and I was just sitting on the balcony, just chilling, you know, getting a nice tan. That's how I sort of, you know, my mental was. was oh, with mate, it. I was the exact same. I just felt like I was on a holiday because it was like the weather was so good. It was like nothing like we've, we've had in this country for a while. <laughs> No, I don't think, I honestly don't think, like, March, April, May, I think the weather was fantastic. Like, when we got into, like, July, August, I don't think it was as good as those three months. No, because it was, like, 30 degrees for, like, every day. I remember we, like, had, like, we got, like, a swimming pool and put a swimming pool up in our garden, and, like, that's how good the weather was, and you never, you never do that kind of thing in the UK, do you? No, I think most swimming pools throughout the year are just frozen over. Literally. So, yeah, I mean... This has been crazy wild. year, crazy what, year. So let's like have a little roundup then. Like, what would you say like some standout moments for you for the year? I think for me, a standout moment was and this can sound really bad, but like sports coming back. Yeah, because for me, it was sort of you know that was sort of an edge back towards normality. Like you know, instead of watching like Countdown every day, <laughs> <laughs> there was like football on, and it was. It was you could literally have a game Monday through to Sunday. Yeah, and that that for me was just you know was fantastic because there was something again to look forward to instead of watching like your daytime TV shows, which were were torture. a hundred percent. I think the fact that sports came back for a lot of people in this country, like not just football here, but like you know basketball in the states, and like it's just that not sort of semblance of normality, isn't it? People thinking, oh, like that's that's getting us through the day, getting us sort of more back to reality kind of thing. Yeah, it was nice. It was a, you know, a sense of when times were simpler. Literally. Um, but yeah, um, more standout moments. To be honest, I can honestly say, I really can't remember last year. I mean, it was such a, it's been such a blur. And at moments, the year's gone so quickly. And then at moments, the year's gone very slow. But it just seems like I've been in a washing machine for a whole year. Honestly, I feel like it's one of them, like, it's, we're going to look back at one of them years and, like, remember it more than others, but not for any, like, moment in particular. Like, you're going to look back and think, like, oh, we were in lockdown, we couldn't leave the house. Like, everyone got into their running, everyone got into their fitness, slash everyone got into their drinking and just, like, sort of drank the days away kind of thing. I remember working from home. And it was like just the weirdest time or I remember doing this and that. But it's not going to be like, oh, do you remember this day when we did this kind of thing? It's not going to be that type of remembrance, I don't think. I mean, unless anyone listening wants to, you know, 
say to us, like, drop us a DM or something about their highlights of the year for us to remember. Um, because I'm clueless. <laughs> I think one of the things I, w- I think we should talk about is like stuff we did this year that like maybe we haven't done p- before. So like I don't know something new that you've like either discovered or you've started doing this year that you think like has helped you. Like for me, I've done a lot more running this year. I think a lot of people were gonna have like landed in that like almost sort of, like category, like becoming a runner or like doing that kind of thing. Because I think it's one of the only things you could really do. Um, and I know like. I've spoken to you and obviously we spoke, I've spoken to Matt and stuff and we like just, it was one of the first times when you could just like, that was the only thing you could do. So you go out for like an hour or you go out for a little bit and just go on a run and like sweat out all the things, not have to think about too much, be like in your own company. Like for me running is like a really good time. Just I like to just think about loads of random stuff. Like I'll put a podcast on and I'll listen to a podcast while running or I'll have some music on and I'll just, I don't know, be in my own thoughts or what have you. And I think that's really like helped this year. Just, past the time honestly like I there was moments this year where I've been like furloughed and stuff where I literally all I do for the day is I get up I have my breakfast I go out and I do my exercise and then I come back and I sort of like exist for the rest of the day until the next day when I get up and do my run and do more exercise kind of thing like honestly I was doing like a couple hours of exercise a day at the like beginning of lockdown I was doing like running and yoga and all that kind of stuff just because there was nothing really else to do was there no it was sort of to keep your mind occupied I think um, you know, I was exactly the same. I was sort of like doing a workout in the morning and then in the evening when it wasn't so sort of like hot with the weather, I'd go out for like a, a 5K. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, like you say, something to something to keep you like motivated throughout the day. Like some kind of routine, I think, is really was really helpful. Yeah, because obviously, you know, both being furloughed, it was sort of, you know, you, you, know, you didn't have to get up to go to work you didn't sort of have that commute or anything so it was it was hard just thinking getting up and going right well what do I do now I understand what retirement feels like (laughs) yeah that's the funny thing isn't it I think a lot of people are going to have had this time just sort of like doing nothing like as much as to be fair I do think it was a good time for you to like try new things like that's one thing I will say that I like have narrowed down my scope of stuff I like to do like I've never really been one for reading before and like in the first lockdown I read a couple of books I don't know it like it was a good time pass almost and I kind of have learned to appreciate like reading that kind of thing which I know is like a lot of people just think oh no I can't bother to do that and a lot of people like would have already done it anyway but for me it was like a time when like you say when it was sunny outside I could just go and sit in the garden and I'll read my book I read um I don't know if you read it shoe dog the story about the guy who started Nike. No, I've not read that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. It's about this guy called Phil Knight and he like set up the company. It's all about him like the like twists and turns, like the setting up the company. It was it's crazy really, because I mean there was so many times in the book where he's like, I had to go all in on the company. Like I had to put all my money into it. Like and if this didn't work, then that was it. Like we're over. Like there was like honestly like ten or fifteen different times just in like the first like year alone where he's like had to put all his money into it and it wasn't really working and like him going to different countries and seeking out factories and now like the and just thinking like that's how it was back then but now look at the company that he's built because obviously you know it succeeded because you know how massive and like it literally is one of the biggest companies in the world but they're talking about like setting up the brand and how they were developing their first shoes and how they'd go over to factories and they'd like, they initially started as just like a running shoe and they were going to like running at meets and stuff and setting their shoe there. And then they like transitioned it into like different and different shoes. And then he like partnered with some um, coach from um, 
Oregon University, which is where like Nike was founded in Oregon. And like this guy who came up with like the Nike air bubbles and like the stuff that we see today. And we just like, it's just like stuff that has always been there today. Like it's such an interesting story. Yeah. Cause it's such a massive company. Like if not the biggest company in the world and you know, to think it started from well, it's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. I think the one one of the crazy things about it is they talk about when they first started signing exclusive athletes, and they signed a few athletes that were obviously runners because that's what the main thing did at the time. And they signed a few guys that were like American top tier runners, and they would go into the like um, Olympic games and stuff, and they turned up, and then their athletes weren't using their shoes, even though they were like signed exclusively to the company, so they were going to like forfeit that money kind of thing but they didn't care because they saw that their shoes weren't their like best or what have you. And they were going to lose like a competitive advantage. And then they had to go back and redesign a shoe and then give it to the, these like top athletes. And there was one specific athlete who um, I can't remember their name exactly, but they basically were like the 400 meter champion or what have you. And they were like a big American, like almost like the Usain Bolt of his time kind of thing. And he was running in the shoes and he won. He was like the first person to win a gold medal in the Nike shoes kind of thing. And he, like was like has like some massive legacy out there and then there was an unfortunate accident afterwards and like they named like a whole like branch of like the um site out there and like all that kind of stuff like there's so many like crazy like microcosm like stories that are massive in terms of the actual brand itself like there was one 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 chapter they talk about athletes and they talk about michael jordan and they said they signed him but he didn't even want to sign he wanted to sign for converse didn't he yeah, I think that was something um, yeah, that was said in, in his documentary, I think The Last Dance, that they said, you know, because Converse was the basketball shoe, because before Jordan, you had Bird and Magic. Exactly. And they had, and you know, they were coming back off, you know, MVP years, you know, championship winning years. So it was Converse shoe. Yeah. Nike was, was nothing. So to get someone like Michael Jordan, who was just, you know, the best. Yeah. You know, that really sort of skyrocketed them. Well, like you say, like everyone in the in the NBA at that time was wearing Converse shoes. All the big guys, like everyone that was popular and they had their shoe deals. And obviously shoe deals were a big part of it because it was a big way to get paid out there. And it's a big way to like uh, boost your revenue up. So Michael Jordan ended up eventually being convinced to sign for Nike. And obviously the Jordan one was released and like everything happened since. And now it's like the one of the biggest parts of the company in the world but i know the first the first year they were predicted to sell five million shoes or five million dollars worth of shoes and they sold a hundred million dollars worth of shoes in the first year alone i think that was 1985 or something yeah exactly because but that was specifically because of the player and specifically because of michael jordan and how good he was at the time and he was doing it in these shoes and everyone was looking at it and thinking oh my god he's doing it in these shoes something different what maybe it's because of the shoes or like those shoes look sick i want those shoes like how crazy that must have been for Nike as a company, just to be like, we thought this guy was gonna <laughs> gonna sell five million dollars worth of shoes. And now we're bringing a hundred million dollars, and then they had to release like different styles and different stuff. And obviously now today, Jordan Brand is like a whole separate entity within Nike itself. But thinking back to that time, like it's just mental. It's crazy. But yeah, no, so I think that was a good. Segue, would you say though. that was your? Would you say that was your favorite book that you read this year? Um, or last year. Yes, I would say so because the other oh, there's another book I'll just mention quickly. It's called All the Light We Cannot See, and it's like a wartime story book about a blind girl, and it's like it's just like a different perspective on life. But it's 
but I think I'd say I, I read the majority of that last year and then I sort of finished it at the beginning of this year kind of thing but yeah no I'd say that's up there as well but no just for like because I like I like the sort of fiction side of it the fact that it is real and that fact that it did real life yeah and like I'll, I'll for, I'm some of myself who wants to like transition into business and do or have my own thing so like having or reading the success stories of how like it's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and all that kind of thing but like they still made it out of it on the other end yeah i mean it's just sort of those books sort of if you want to sort of get into that are just you know they're amazing because you know you think worldwide companies such as nike you know amazon apple you know people don't realize that there was a time before they were multi billion dollar companies yeah exactly. And i think that's where people sort of get a bit like disenfranchised with re- reality and you know success because people just think well if you set this up then you know you're up it's just going to skyrocket you know you're always going to be but sort of those books like that sort of you know they're great for sort of aspiring entrepreneurs that sort of you know that are unsure and you know it t- talks about the ebbs and flows and sort of how difficult it is but you know you you know, if you put time and effort in and, you know, you'll, you can be a real success. hundred percent. I think the funny thing as well is you, you read it and you almost don't even want to believe that it's reality because it's such a like ups and downs, ebbs and flows story. Like you honestly couldn't have written it to be more thrilling kind of thing. Like you read it and you just think like, Oh my God, how do they make it through this? Like how on earth did he get the bank loan? Cause there was a, even just a whole part in it where he went to like one certain bank in Oregon and they were just refusing to give him any more credit because obviously he had to borrow. Cause that's one of the big things for these companies. A lot of them at the beginning, you have massive outflows, don't you? Because you're selling, you're having to buy all these shoes before you can sell them. So you're living sort of paycheck to paycheck, not knowing like if they're going to make enough money kind of thing. And you think a company like Nike, like at the beginning, slash even to like the midpoints when their turnover was like in the millions, when they were like making like 30, 40, 50 million a year, they were still each month, there was months where they weren't sure they were going to make it or not. Like how crazy that is. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I you can't comprehend it unless you've sort of, you know, lived it, how difficult it is to get something like that going. No, 100%. And I think that transitions us lovely into the next thing I want to talk about this year, which is something that you've watched or something that you've like um, seen this year that you think's like really cool and everyone should listen to. So I'm going to go quick first with mine, which I think obviously if, you, if you're joining the dots here, it's pretty straightforward. But the last, the last <laughs> yeah, dance... Yeah, it's by numbers. Yeah, mate. The last dance with Michael Jordan, I thought was unreal. Oh my God. I've never been so motivated in my life to... I don't know, do anything like smash. I was honestly, I was watching that and I was thinking, I cannot wait to do my 5k tomorrow. I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to run it in sub 10 minutes. I think, who do I think I am? Yeah, I think that was, uh, to to be honest, that was my favorite thing that I watched this year. Um, And I think, like you said, it, it got you motivated in ways that was never expected because he was a serial winner. Yeah. And I think, you know, just watching that, you're thinking, right, well, you know, even his trash talking, you know, it wasn't, if you, if he knew you were good, he would trash talk you to make you better. But obviously some didn't see it like that. And I think that kind of motivation to get into the psyche of an athlete like that is, is just ridiculous. But yeah, I was exactly the same. When I was watching it, I was like, right, God, I'm, I'm sitting here, right. I should be doing something. I should be active. I should be getting to, I should be getting to be the best that I can be. 
And I thought that was just fantastic. There's not been a show, I don't think, in in my living memory that has made me want to get up, get out, and I wouldn't say change the world, but change my world, if that makes sense. No, you know? 100%, 100%. I think it was a, it's a story that a lot of people know of in the fact that people like call him the goat, like people talk about him in a certain kind of ilk, but people sort of our age or younger don't really know the story. And for it to be told in that way, for like you to truly comprehend the greatness of this man, like he lived and breathed winning. Like there was no ifs, ands or buts about it. There's nobody really before him or after him that I think has come close to that level of kind of just motivation. Like I know we've we've spoke about this briefly in the past, but like he just he, like you say he, he was a winner. Like he wants to win, and if he thinks that you're not going to be up to it, then he's going to pick on you and he's going to drive you to become the best version of yourself, so that he can count on you, so that he can because he I think he understood that as much as he was the number one player and he was the fulcrum of that team also there was other players in that team that needed to play well as well because he couldn't do it all himself as much as he might have wanted to yeah it was just you know he made average players when they came into the league great 100% I think uh, there was a, a few clips in there where he passes it like in the last moment he like dragged all the defenders out of the way and then he plays it to Steve Nash or he plays it to was it Steve Kerr or Steve Nash I can't remember no, Steve Kerr yeah Steve Kerr and he plays it to him and then he hits the game winning three like and you're just like thinking Jesus like this is honestly like some kind of movie stuff like oh my god I cannot believe this and then he goes and he wins back to back and then he like wants to go and do another sport because he's like yeah I'm done with this now and obviously all the stuff that happened with his family and then he comes back and does it all over again. Like, I, honestly. Would you say he's he's the greatest sportsman of all time? Um, I think this is the this is the thing, though, isn't it? It's how would you classify sportsman? Like, is he the is he the best winner? Like, I'd say yes. But um, is he though? Because see, this is what this is, and I think you'll agree with me here. This is why it's such a difficult question. Because, like you said, how do you? judge success do you judge it on how many titles they've won do you judge it on how they change the game Mm -hmm. do you judge it on their leadership skills and their teamwork skills do you judge it on how hard they practice because you know that's the thing i think you can i think you can put michael jordan and the number one for almost all of those things that you just said really i think he drove his team he practiced the hardest everyone always says that he was there like he was first one there last one to leave kind of thing and even when he was doing like space jam and stuff he had literally had them build a basketball court i know there was that like unreal snippet in the documentary where like he's literally got all the like all stars to come down to the set to play pickup games after he finishes filming like a 12 hour shoot day and he's then like going and doing like three hour games like wanting to win and oh, there was that moment where we've talked about we both said it was just crazy where he's like watching the like um who was it the security guys gambling and he's he wants to get involved because he's like even though he's worth the ridiculous money he's worth he sees their money and he wants to get their money because he wants to have it in his head that he's better than them because he's got their money in his pocket it doesn't matter if it's only like a one dollar or like ten dollars he doesn't care that's him like that's that level of competition i think is only something that like (laughs) someone like Michael Jordan has 
I think you, you like he just made it up in his head, hasn't he? That was the funniest thing for me is that that like oh, at that point it became personal. That quote for me, I think, is like brilliant. I think it was. Yeah, funny. I think. Yeah, I think that is something that we. I think we should all take into the new year. You know, not take it personal as in, you know, let it become a negative. Uh-huh. But I think take it personal into the fact that you know, right? Okay, you said that about me. Well, all right, I'm gonna go out there I'm going to work hard and by the end of the year you're going to see that actually you're dead wrong I mean obviously people won't necessarily care what other people think uh-huh. but I think it's a good attitude to have that you know take things personal you know because they can drive you they can motivate you if you're like someone that's I don't know possibly lacking confidence or you know you're unsure where to go what you're doing just a sort of a blank check, really, that people could sort of figure themselves out. And I think now that people have figured themselves out, um, I think then they can go on and challenge themselves even more because everyone's sort of started at, say, like a net zero. You know, I think now people can sort of improve. And I think we're, we're fairly good examples of that, I think, Gil. You know, sort of we've gone, oh, we've gone out and sort of, you know, over, you know, started a podcast. I mean, that's something that I would maybe have, well, wouldn't have considered, but obviously with last year being such a a mundane year, you, you're trying to find avenues to get creative, to sort of, you know, improve yourself. And I think that's sort of what everyone should take forward to uh, to 2021. Oh, man, I couldn't have said it about myself. I think, like you say, it's a perfect opportunity just to have like a blank slate. I think more, more than ever, next year is going to be, like you say, like a new beginning for people because people are going to want to put the year behind them because so many people have had like so many crap things happen. Like whether it be losing jobs like I have or like, I don't know, not being able to work or not being able to find what you want or not doing the like same thing you want to do or like being set off track in certain goals you have. I think next year is like a, set, a great, as great a point as any, maybe not like so much as a new year's resolution because I know people sort of have like a negative stigma with those and think like, oh, that's only going to be for like the first month and then like, I'll oh, forget about it or what have you. But like you say, yeah, just like try, try, try new things. I think that's a great thing to do next year. Like I think well, people this year have tried a lot of new things as well, but sort of just things that you've enjoyed this year. I think it's such a good opportunity to build on them. You know, meet up with, meet up with new people, hopefully permitting, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think sort of, you know, go out, explore, have adventures, you know, whether it's, you know, seeing a friend, uh, going on holiday, you know, obviously, permitting <laughs> that's, the, that's the big aspect. yeah that's if, if permitting but aspect. you know i think you know just go out there you know i think we've gone through the worst i think a lot of people are now sort of you know at that mindset of well can it get any worse i mean exactly you've we've we've all lived through this year haven't we we've all dealt with the like weirdness like sadness crapness that is this year kind of thing you've made it to this point like it's yeah it's just it's just you've just got to look up haven't you 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 can't look down on things and that's where like someone like Michael Jordan this inspirational figure I think resonates with so so many people like just just you you will make your own luck in life like for him in his story he's had he had so many like ups and downs like when his when his uh, dad died, he like just didn't want to play at all, did he? And then he sort of bounced back from that, and he used it to like positive, didn't he? he used it even though because his, his dad had been at all his games throughout his whole like career, and then obviously when he died, he was just like, well, now he's not going to be able to go to any games anymore. I don't want to play anymore. And he had that little break, and then he came back and was like, do you know what? I'm going to 
turn this negative into a positive. I'm going to use the memory of my dad to drive me on to even bigger things and even like have this legacy that now is like, if you think of, if you think of who's the goat more often than not, you'll, you'll think Michael Jordan. I think that's testament to the just like sheer work ethic that he had. Yeah. So we would highly recommend anyone this year that hasn't seen it. Just watch the last dance. Just watch oh, it. 100%. Even if you're not into basketball, even if you're if you're like remotely interested in sports, I think it's just such a good thing to see the way that this like freak basically thinks about things, isn't he? Because he is like an like a freak of nature, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's once in a he's once in a generation um, figure. And like you said, you don't have to be sort of um, you know interested in basketball or you know care about sports. But if you want sort of you know, an inkling into the mindset of a success story, whether it's, you know, whether it's business side, sports side, um, you know, how he, you know, how he looks upon himself, then watch it. I think definitely that would be, um, that would definitely, I think it'll be our recommendation for 2021. Anyone that hasn't seen oh, it, watch 100%. it. hundred percent. It's it's one of those things as well, where you, you're going to just feel motivated just from watching it. You're going to see it and you're going to think, yeah, I want to do, even if it's not sports, like, oh, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do try this new thing. I want to, like, learn this language. I want to, like, get out and go running. I want to, like, set up my own business. I want to do, like, whatever, whatever you want to do. It's going to drive you and you're going to, like, have the determination. I think it just all sort of, like, oozes it, doesn't it, that documentary? Definitely. All right, so other than that documentary, is there anything else you've watched this year? What about any films or anything? Because I think there's a there's been a few films out this year I've watched. I don't know if you saw Tenant. No, I've not seen that yet. Um, I was going to watch it, but then one of my pals that had seen it had said watch it in the cinema, because apparently it was it's amazing in like cinema. So I I did I went to the cinema to watch it. Obviously, this was also in the summer when stuff was a bit more chilled out and it was so funny as well because obviously people people think oh, oh you shouldn't really go to the cinema kind of thing but we when we went there was like honestly six people in the whole place like yeah exactly you're allowed to go to yeah, the yeah, cinema yeah. as well honestly i absolutely loved it i thought it was unreal like it was very complex to the level of i'd say like an inception or something like that like i, I saw my one a quote that um robert patterson put out because he's in it and he was just like there were months at a time i was filming it and i had no idea what was going on like i did not have a clue and then finally when he watched it back he like clicked with him and he understood it and even though he like knew the back end of the story he still had no idea i thought it was so jokes that's crazy i mean imagine being in that film and going like coming home from work and going yeah what the hell was that <laughs> you're like but you've been there for like two months and you've shot been shooting for two months and you still have no idea what's going on the, the director's just like yeah, yeah yeah do this do this yeah yeah do this but yeah no i thought tenant was amazing look the person i went to see i went to see with my girlfriend and she didn't have the same glowing reviews that I had for it, but no, I think I heard. Oh, where did I hear it? Something like that, uh, and it was just like, um, <laughs> like they reviewed it as bang, 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 shoot, 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 movie over, and that's how they reviewed it. <laughs> it was a, it's like a mind sort of bender almost. I don't know. It's just like, but when when there is that like aha moment when you're watching it and you it like all starts to make sense and all the like side start coming together yeah i think i think you'll really enjoy it mate honestly i can't recommend i couldn't recommend that one enough i know there was a, a few other things that i watched this year um i don't know if you saw the queen's gambit that was on netflix this year no i've not oh, seen mate. that that was not seen that that, was, that got me into chess man i was playing chess for like a few weeks after that like i don't know yeah it was, it's, a weird, it's a weird one because it was like 
obviously based on a true story and it's about this lady who like plays starts playing chess when she's like young in like kids home because her parents died when she was younger or what have you and like she picks up chess and she like uses that as her like vocation and she's like a bit weird kind of thing and she um is like really smart and then she like takes on the world in chess like and goes to these tournaments and stuff yeah and it like follows her life because she's like a very interesting character and it yeah it just got me so into chess I don't know what it was and then is there anything is there anything you've watched there's another thing there's another one other thing I've got in my head that I watched this year that I think when I say it you'll be like oh you know I watched that and it like what was it Tiger King. Ah, yes. Yeah, I did watch that. That was very interesting. <laughs> Everyone watched that. That, that got was, voted yeah. the best TV series um, of 2020. Over Michael, over Michael Jordan's Last yeah, Dance. Yeah, Last Dance, I think, was second. Not sure I agree with that, but I'll, no. I'll leave. I think because there was more... Um, I think it was more like along the lines of making a murderer type thing. Yeah, it went viral, didn't it? Like, Carol Baskin is like some mad celebrity. Like she's she went on the American Strictly Come Dancing, didn't? Yeah, she? I think. I mean, I'm. You know, I think it's all very weird and sort of stuff like that on both sides. So, um, yeah. I'll I'll stay out. Of... That was at the beginning of the. That was at the beginning of the pandemic, though, wasn't it? Like everyone when they were like first like couple of weeks at home kind of thing, were like, oh yeah, we'll watch Tiger King because everyone's talking about it, and then so everyone had that like one. Yeah. Do you think it would have? Do about. you think it would have been as successful? had people not been at home to binge watch it. Because I think I felt for me, it was something that I had to watch like consecutively. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, cause, because everyone watched it at the same time, then everyone could talk about it kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's got that virality thing. So hasn't it like Joe Exotic was just a weird guy. Yeah. So like everyone, when you like hear about this, you're like Tiger King. What? what? And like, even like the first few episodes, you're just like, man, like, how is this real? Like, I can't, they always manage to find these things when you're just watching, you're just thinking, this can't, like, surely this isn't real. And then there's, like, twists to the story. You're like, wait, what? She killed that, like, what? Huh? Yeah, I think. For legal legal reasons, she, obviously, we're not saying that Carabaskin did kill her husband. (laughs) No, but it was just sort of, it, it was weird because it was such a, it was such an off on a tangent thing that was happening. Like that's what, I think that's what you're right in the fact that you know it didn't seem real because here we are one minute talking about you know a private zoo and then the next minute the woman's yeah. allegedly killed her husband it was like what ha- hang on a minute <laughs> excuse me hold up pause the recording a minute how have we gone from a tiger <laughs> to murder like it made no sense yeah honestly that, that's I think that was one of the things though that people were just watching it and then it just like takes another turn you're like wait what and then <laughs> yeah and then it takes another turn and it's like oh yeah and then by the way like Joe's gay and he's like married this guy and like oh then it all kicked off with him and everyone and you're like wait what and then he's like yeah now he's got another husband you're like hang on a second what's going on yeah completely but one film that I did watch I think it was it was my favorite film um of the year and I absolutely love this director I think his films are above and beyond anything that I've ever seen was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yes, I saw that. No, I did, yeah. I thought, for me, that was my film of the year. I thought that was fantastic. I think the whole concept of old-time Hollywood, and I'm not sure if, you know, if people sort of were aware, but sort of the thing sort of with the the ranch, um, the hippies coming up to the house, the, the Polanskis and Sharon Tate, uh, living next door that is all based on real life is that's it? all based on real life that's all if you look at the documentary on charles manson the ranch that brad pitt goes to 
is the ranch where Charles Manson held his, you know, his girls, uh, the people, his followers. Mate, it's mad. Like, and I it? thought, and I didn't realise that the first time I watched it. And then I watched it again and I thought, uh, Sharon Tate, Roman Polanski, like I recognise those names. So I did a bit of research, like I Googled it because I thought, oh, it's bugging me now. And yeah, it's all based on Charles Manson. And obviously you've got, Wild. yeah, you've got like the, uh, you know, Rick Dalton, the Leo character who's based on, he's actually based on Steve McQueen, the guy that did The Great Escape. He's, yeah, he's yeah, based yeah. on him and sort of how, you know, cowboy actors in the day, sort of their transitions from, you know, TV to film. Um, but yeah, when I sort of, when they went to the ranch, I was like, oh, you know, this sort of, this is all a bit sort of weird. You know, I sort of didn't understand the plot in the movie, um, sort of what it was about. And then I watched it again and saw like the Sharon Tate thing. And yeah, it's based on Charles Manson, that little bit. That Yeah, because Leo DiCaprio was so good in it. And like, obviously, it, like you say, it follows the like life of like a stunt double and like ups and downs and stuff like that. It's, I thought it was so good. Yeah, I thought it was, I think it's, it's one of the best films that I've seen um, for a while, actually. I think it's one of the best films I've seen in the last three years. We are back, baby. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Back part where we two never left. Here we go. Yeah, part two of the first episode of 2021. Oh, what better, what better, what better opportunity, George, to look at things we want to do sort of next year, like. I don't know about you. I don't know if you're the kind of person that likes to like set goals or yeah, like I mean, manifest. I, yeah, I like to sort of set goals. Um, obviously, I'm not really I'm not really big for New Year's resolutions though. What, what about yourself? Um, do you know what? In the past, I've been like, oh, I'll do. I don't know. Like, I'll try and eat healthy for the month of January kind of thing. But normally, I like to have it more like just like an actual lifestyle change. So I'm not one for like, oh, I'll smash the gym in January or that kind of thing. Because a lot of the time, if I've been into the gym or what have you, I will have been going sort of before January anyway. So then you have the whole process of everyone news coming in kind of thing. And then you're like, oh, God, here we go. Here's all the people that have got their news resolutions going. And it has that yeah. negative, negative kind of association with it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been like, right, these are the two weekers, these are the three weekers, they might last a month. Exactly. I think it's just, it's hard because, you know, like you said, uh, they're sort of, they're very whimsical in the sense that, oh, you know, I want to read more books. But then 99% of people won't do that. Read more books could mean, well, I read none last year, so I can read one this year. Yeah, but exactly. that's not the point. It, the point is you need to be, you know, you need to do something on a continual basis. Like I'd like to read one book a week, you know, would be fantastic if you could do it. But A, it depends on the book. It depends on the time you have with it. So, yeah, so I think there's too many factors that can just, you know, ruin the reputation of New Year's resolution. Yeah, I mean, I get why some people do them. Yeah. But for me, not so much. Yeah, no, I I like to just think like, oh, it's a new year, it's a new new slate. Either I carry on with what I've been doing before, or like, I don't know, I'll just try and do something different to what I've been doing before. So this January, I'm gonna try and like live a, a more healthy lifestyle. Like I do think one, it's one of those things that you can easily slip into in lockdown, isn't it? Especially with us being in tier four at the moment. 
don't harp on too much about it but you know when you're stuck at home and there's just like all the temptations at home kind of thing so i'm going to try and be more healthy this year i'm going to try and like i'm going to try and not not eat any like sugars or like that kind of thing in january um mm. but i don't know i don't like i don't like i'm not one of those ones people that likes talking about things as much as i like doing them in that sense for those kind of resolutions i'd prefer to just like do it and then say i've done it rather than be like this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to do you know talk about it talk about it and then not actually do it like i saw a good quote for someone it was like oh i prefer to silently do what i'm got planned than like talk about it and then not actually end up doing it kind of thing yeah i think that's always the worst because and i think again why you know new year's resolutions they get me a bit because you know it's all saying oh i want to do this i want to do this but then everyone knows that you want to do it i think working in silence and then you know the reward at the end of it when you are you know, where you want to be or whether you've achieved that is better than sort of just saying at the beginning, well, I'm going to do this. And then at the end of it, you don't. But if you don't tell anyone, work in silence. And then when it comes to the end of it and you've done it, yeah. well, then everyone will know because it, it's more fulfilling, I think, that way. Or, or maybe not even to, maybe not even so much work in silence. Just like tell, I don't know, tell like a couple of your closest mates, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Like, um, if you want to join me, that's another thing I think are quite good. When you like have invite people to like join you to do the similar thing so like i'm gonna try and eat healthy i'm gonna challenge like my brother or i'm gonna challenge like one of my mates to do like a similar topic or like so for instance last year when we i did that whole like fitness i did running and i was doing it with someone else or i did like the push-up thing and i was doing that with like a bunch of other mates and you like do it against your friends kind of thing to challenge them i think that's more of a attainable thing to do than to be like i'm doing this resolution on my own yeah i don't yeah so i don't think i'd say i'm like a biggest fan of resolutions but i will say that i'm gonna try and just like live a healthier lifestyle like eat healthier you know i'm gonna keep doing my running that i've been doing all of like this year hopefully i want to i want to get like a job nailed down that's one thing i want to like almost manifest hopefully the right opportunities come around and i obviously at the moment it's a bit crap on the job front but in my head it's like new year you know we're gonna reset and start again and, and hopefully like the right thing comes about yeah i think i've given myself to january 4th um like you said sort of like getting a more healthy lifestyle because obviously it's been the holidays you know mm-hmm. so i've literally been eating my body weight in chocolate oh mate same that's the thing as well is you've got there's like there's moments when you can follow these kind of things and there's moments when you can't and that's why i think it's such a good time is like i got given like a, a bunch of chocolate for christmas and in my head i'm like oh that might that won't last long but also i think that's a good thing for me as well is that i got rid of most of the job already and then i'm just like do you know what now it's coming around to january it's all gone now if you if you can't because if you can't enjoy yourself at christmas then when can you enjoy yourself really exactly man? and that what you know we've got a similar mindset there because my thing is you know at least these last two weeks i'm not going to feel guilty about what i'm eating i don't, really don't care um you know shoving chocolate in you know eating cake eating everything so these two weeks, I don't mind because I know come January 4th that I'd have got all the junk stuff out of my system. Yeah, those like but, cravings or what have you. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm hoping that, you know, when it comes to January 4th, that I'd be sick of it. That's then I'll start, um, you know, eating healthily and sort of doing a bit more exercise because I haven't done any exercise in well for two weeks. So, it, you know, I've literally just indulged. Um, but I feel that I needed that to get it, like I said, out of my system. Yeah, just crack on. So I've got a yeah. few exciting things hopefully coming up next year. Oh, hopefully. I love that. Are you, are they, is that stuff you're going to talk about? Is that stuff you want to keep silent and keep working? Oh, no, that's, that's, a, that's a keeping silent. Oh, mate. Very... That's a keeping silent. <laughs> that's not good for a podcast, lad. Everyone wants to hear about it. 
Yeah, I know, but sort of it's you know it's sort of it's work in progress at the moment. Um, you know, nothing sort of nailed down. Obviously, I need to do a few sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully, sort of end of next year. Looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to this year. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, same. I think I think it's just as you, as we said before, it's just an opportunity for like a, a clean slate. Like, just forget about what happened last year. You can't change it now. It's happened. You know, that's that's life. You just got to move on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's annoying that sort of we've, you know, we're going to still continue the lockdown sort of tours next year, like into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... you just got to make the most of it now, though, haven't you? That's the thing. It's like I know it's a good thing to like people want to like hype on and all that kind of stuff, but like at the end of the day, it's not going to change. There's nothing we can do about it. So you just got to make the best out of it. As I say, you got to roll so with the punches. I... Oh, mate, exactly. So one thing I want to ask you. This is a hypothetical question. Um, let's just say, for example, that by, let's hope, May next year, the world is getting back to some semblance of normality. You know, we can, you can go away on holiday, you can do this, you can do that. Where are the places that you, where are the first like places on your list, George, when it hits summer next year, you're thinking, get me to blank. Where, where, where are you wanting to visit in 2021? What's top of your list? Um, I've got two places, really. Two places that oh, I'd like lovely. to go. Um, both I would like to do like for a sustained period of time. Um, you know, I'd like to sort of like do like a road trip, sort of. Um, one oh, is um, America, obviously. Um, obviously. Obviously, like I'd like to do sort of like a nice little road trip around there. Oh, mate, same. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sign me up. All right. Well, done. Done and dusted. Already signed <laughs> up. Um, yeah, because I heard as well, because I was speaking to one of my mates who did it. And apparently you can hire like a camper van. And obviously you pay like the thing. And they only charge you $1 a day for fuel. Uh? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to get into sending the details. But when I heard that, I was like, yeah, get me on the first flight out of here. Oh, mate, I'm well, I'm well versed in this, though, because... So me and one of my best mates um, at uni, Ollie, we had in our heads that we wanted to do a similar thing. Um, and this was when I, when I was going out to camp, like, obviously not last year, year before. So we, I had originally planned to, when I left camp, I was going to have a week like or like a few days meeting up with obviously campmates and stuff. And then he was going to fly out and meet me, us in New York. And we were going to hire a camper van and do like a road trip. Nice. But, but it ended up falling through at the last minute because obviously everything that went down at camp in terms of like, I'm like impossible to contact him because we hadn't booked it before. He needed like, he needed like details from me. And then he ended up like getting some other plans sorted and going over his family instead because he wasn't able to get it done. And at the end of the day, like as much as it would have been so sick to do it, it kind of worked out for the best of both of us because I ended up going traveling with all my mates that I'd made, met at camp because you don't really think about it beforehand, but, once you get out there, you don't really want to like go traveling with other people. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to carry on staying with your friends because you don't want to miss out and like leave them. Yeah, you want to like, go of... and meet up with someone else. Yeah, yeah, you want to keep on sort of like the last glimmers of of camp, definitely. Exactly. So I was planning on doing that. So no, yeah, it's something I've really wanted to do. Like I want to do like a New York to LA road trip and like do like all the sort of national parks and all the like touristy things so mate that's up there as well where, where else do you want to um, go and honestly i'd really like to do like um a southeast asia tour oh mate. so i'd like to do um like vietnam um all sort of that coming down maybe do a bit of cambodia um thailand bali bali down into sort of like yeah. indonesia hop onto fiji 
um, then do like Australia and New Zealand, and then fly home. But I don't think that's. Oh, I mean, but I don't think that's going to happen because a it's going to cost an absolute fortune. I was going to and... say that you're sponsoring me as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to sponsor um, the podcast, uh, which means we can travel <gasps> oh, to <stop. laughs> these places, um, please don't hesitate to get in touch because we can do like Imagine. a podcast. We can do like we can do the podcast there. We can do like um, a YouTube series there. Uh, we can do anything. We can literally. You know, that would be fantastic if we could get that. So if anyone's out there that would like to sponsor two wonderfully gifted um, tourists, then, uh, <laughs> then let us know. Think idiot abroad, um, but less of the idiot and more having fun abroad. Yeah, let's just say it's going to be yeah, a jolly up abroad. Oh, maybe we could do that. Can we copyright that now? Get on it, mate. <laughs> get on it. Get the old laptop out. Copyright. I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of company would sponsor us. That's the only thing. Well, we got travel companies, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That's logistics for another day. But mate, that sounds. Um, see, this this is what I mean. Imagine that kind of those kind that kind of content would just be like unreal, wouldn't it? I mean, like you could just you could just, or you you would you'd be able to record like three podcasts a day just with the stuff that goes on each day. It'd be crazy. Yeah, it would be. You know, you'd definitely get um sort of you know bang for your buck in the sense that, you know, if you're planning for us to get out there, we're going to give you a lot of material, you know, to sort of do. So hopefully, fingers crossed, someone watching. Do you know what? This is the funny thing, I think, next year as well, is I think that with all all being well and like us, everyone being able to go away, I think travelling is going to be cheaper than it's ever been before because I think there's going to be not as many people that want to go straight away. So if you are one of the like, brave people that wants to go, like f- first off kind of thing and i think companies are also going to be wanting to sell as many seats as they can so they're going to be operating like like you say like they're going to be operating at like a either not not so much a reduced capacity but like a reduced price to try and make it seem more um i don't know, like to more persuade people to go so i think that yeah traveling next year is going to be see i think the opposite i Do think you? it's going to be more expensive because as you said they're going to be at a lower capacity, so they're only going to fill, say, fifty percent of the plane. So, but it depends on demand. That's the only thing. Like a lot of people our age will go, but I think a lot of people that are older with fa- like with families and stuff, they won't be as inclined to want to go away. Exactly. So that's why they're probably going to bump up the prices because they need to sort of you know fill the gap between you know people that are going and people that are not. Because, like you said, people our age are definitely going to want to go abroad. I think we're all chomping at the bit, but say like you've got like a family of four, yeah. you're missing out on say, keep it simple, like a thousand pounds for each person. So yeah, if you if you've only got two of those people, then well, are you going to bump it up to two thousand per person? Because that's how you're going to, you know, make up the difference. Yeah, I guess it depends, doesn't it? On because I know a lot of it's it's just it would depend on um, demand, I guess. That's the only thing. Like I do, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I think I think demand's going to be a big thing, and obviously, you know, if they're allowed to fly to certain destinations, I think if you're sort of, you know, only allowed to fly at specific destinations, well, are people, you know, I'm not being funny, but are people really want to go to somewhere like Iceland, for say, or you know, are they? Or are they, is everyone going to look for something like a, a sunny holiday, you know, but you can't yeah. go to a place like America or, you know, Spain or anything? Or I think next year you can't go to Australia anyway. I think they've, they've closed their borders, haven't they, for anyone travelling in? Oh, well, there you go. So if anyone wants to sponsor our American road trip, 
because Australia is <laughs> off the cards. I think Australia, well, because Australia and New Zealand have done what no one else has done, and they've handled it responsibly with like decent governments and decent legislation and stuff. So they've like not let anyone come in or fly into the country, and they've now got like you don't really have to wear masks there. You can like go on nights out. You can go to nightclubs. You can do all that kind of thing. Like I don't know about you, but I've got a few mates that are out there that have been out there since like the beginning of all like sort of the end of 2019 they've been out there since then and they're obviously traveling for six months and then because you couldn't leave they've had their visas extended and they've just been able to sort of work and stay out there and now they're like living life normally i saw one of them tweet the other day and he was like oh my god look i see that the uk is going back into tier or tier four or whatever again and it was like just like uh, him on the beach just chilling i was like oh mate imagine yeah. like there's so a bunch of people no masks nothing because they've like dealt with it properly and just like, oh, yeah there's definitely worse places to be locked down i think than australia <laughs> yeah you're telling me mate especially at christmas time when it's like their summertime isn't yeah it? so it's ridiculous in... everyone's probably you know heading up bondi beat but yeah no i'm looking forward to 2021 hopefully everything's sort of you know it, hopefully it'll all calm down I, I don't see why not because obviously we've got the two vaccines now that are um that are you know been approved so i don't see uh-huh. why we can't have a prosperous 2021 neither because we're only we're only thinking positively no one wants to listen to dreary no, I think we've listened to... You've just got to stick on, like, BBC or ITV or Sky to, you know, listen to the doom and gloom. They don't want it from podcasts, do they? You know, they, want no, they don't want it from their two favourite podcasts, though. <laughs> they don't. They absolutely <laughs> don't. All right, so I'd say also I'm very similar to you. I want to go back to America. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of us do. And then also I want to do, like, an Asian road trip. But I think... I. I'd be uh, opt- I'd be being very optimistic if I was to say we could do both of them next year. Oh no, completely not. I mean, the American one's going to cost a fortune anyway, and then the Asian one's going to cost even more. <laughs> but if we get a, a less sponsor, beautiful, exactly. <laughs> here we are, baby. Let's get, yeah, let's get those plugs in. Like anything, I don't care what it is. I, honestly, if anything can get us out there, yeah. I mean, even if it's like um. Like, because I know a few friends that did... Um... Toothpaste? I'll brush my teeth in barley. Yeah. Do you know what? Do it. <laughs> Let's do it. But I know a few pals that did um, interrailing in Europe. Uh-huh. You know, so that's always a possibility. You know, if you want us to test out, I don't know, like a moisturising cream, you know, if you want to see how it affects in the sun and winter, we can go to Spain and then Switzerland. We're okay with that. <laughs> oh, mate. Have oh, you done this before, Biggin? Yeah, it's not my first time pleading for someone to give me money <laughs> <laughs> to do things. All right, so let's move on from travelling. And what about like just new things you want to try this year? Have you got anything on your list? Because I think 2020 has been an interesting time for people because as much as you've been at home, like having a lot of free time, people have been able to try new things. So I don't know about you, but I tried the piano for a bit. Yeah, you did. You were getting um, quite good at that. Yeah, then I then I just got a bit bored of it because I think it's one of those things that, until when you see the exponential growth and you see yourself getting better and better, you're like, oh, this is good. And then you hit that plateau of like, okay, now I need to do this, and my fingers weren't working as well as my brain wanted them to. And you see the people, you see people play the piano and their hands move so fast and they don't even really think about it. And then I'm sitting there with my fat fingers trying to do it, thinking, oh, this isn't working for me. Is it frustrating? But, is it a frustrating? Oh, Oh, mate, I think it was one of them things that you'd know what you want to do. So basically, 
the songs I was learning, I was learning like the left hand and right hand parts, and you can do them both individually. But when you put them together, my brain just like I think you've got to not be programmed that way, but you've got to just practice and practice and practice until it becomes natural, kind of thing. Yeah, because even think... though I played it when I was young, like I hadn't, I haven't got that cognizant like left and right hand side of my brain to like be able to independently work those hands, you know? Yeah, see, I think for me it would be frustrating. It's like so frustrating because I think I do it like because obviously you get to a level and then you know and you want to get to sort of like that next level and then I just imagine myself just like you know casually playing and then I hit like a wrong note and I keep hitting that wrong note and I keep doing it <laughs> and I keep doing it and I'm just stuck at this point for like a month and I genuinely think I would throw something at it but no that was a good one as well because you could do it at home so I, I could so I had like a keyboard in my room and I was just practicing yeah that was a and good then one, and then, but then I used reading and I filled up the time I was playing the piano with reading and then I got way into running and I was doing that a lot more. And then like when we were started to be allowed out, I got into golf. That was a big thing because you could go and do it outside. Like you could meet up with a few mates and like obviously because you're outdoors in a safe environment, it's not too like much of an issue. So no, I got into that kind of thing. But like, is there anything you've got in your head that you want to try next year? Um, um, well, I started um, Christmas this year, actually. Um, I yeah, Christmas this year. Um, I went clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> nice and relatable, big for all the people at home. For all the people that, uh, yeah, I think. It, oh, it was fantastic though. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, my mum yeah. got it for me um, as sort of like an early sort of Christmas present because obviously when she was booking it, they didn't have any availability sort of like during the holiday period, so we had okay. to do it a bit a bit before. But, oh, my God, it was fantastic. It was a, one of the best things I've ever done, and I really want to take that up uh, next year. Are you any good at it? Fantastic. I'm actually really good at it, to be fair. It, what, a, what a surprise. So it's, it's, it's not what I expected at all, because you have different, um, different areas that uh, help you train different things. So okay. you have one that's sort of the traditional one, I guess you'd call it, which just goes up in the air and then you shoot. And okay. then you have one that sort of goes um, from your like right-hand side forward and then you have to shoot. So it's all sort of getting you um, ready for sort of like game shooting. So if you're sort of like, you know, I don't know, up in your um, shooting lodge in Scotland or wherever, you know, it sort of, it helps you sort of do that. But they have one where it sort of bounced the... Now the disc sort of like bounced along the floor and, you know, you're pretending that was a rabbit. Um, so you had to like shoot that. Obviously you didn't shoot an actual rabbit. It was just a clay disc. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that was, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Get into that. Hopefully, you know, maybe possibly if I get sort of really into it, maybe get a gun license and then look at sort of doing it, you know, on sort of a more regular basis. To be fair, saying that, now thinking about it, I think I did something similar. Not the same, but when I was or, uh, on a holiday to Centre Park with my family. Yeah, lasers like, don't count. Laser ago. tag doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, laser tag is not the same. No, it was the same. No, it was the same thing. It was with lasers, but I was shooting, like they had the discs and stuff and you shoot the discs with lasers. So it was like clay pigeon laser shooting just without the Yeah, guns. no, that's, a, yeah, it's exactly the same. Um, Exactly, but it, but it didn't have the the guns didn't have like the kickback and stuff, obviously. No, but yeah, it was definitely. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was fantastic. I was pretty shocking at it. Though, I'll be honest, big and I wasn't the best at it. Oh yeah, see, I was. I was okay at some. One of them, I was just awful at. I couldn't do it. But yeah, I sort of definitely really want to take that up, um, sort of next year. And then golf as well. I've I've, played, I've been playing golf since I was about five, um, but sort of you know I've sort of lost not love for the game, but sort of I've not really sort of gone out there actively and sort of like gone to golf courses played. 
stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, everything going well. Um, you know, hopefully get on get out of a game yeah, sort of, get a game sort of go out on a few golf courses. Well that's the thing for me as well, is I played it when I was younger quite a bit. Like I had lessons and like cause my dad used to work and run golf courses, like he used to get me more involved in it kind of thing. Um but then like you get out of sort of touch and play in it, like other sports you're playing, like take more of a preference. Um but no now like is one of those things that I think I'll when we get into like that age, oh god, how old do we sound? We get into that age. No, anyone got a Zimmer frame as well? They want to sponsor to us. Honestly, that Zimmer frame around Barney. <laughs> oh <sometimes>. no, yeah, <laughs> test it out. Oh, yeah. But no, we're getting. I think we get into like that age where those those kind of sports, like where you're out for like four or five hours at a time or whatever, just playing like around the golf, or what have you, with your mates. I think it's just like a chill thing to do yeah know? it's just nice like i'm i think sort of getting to that stage where sort of would i rather be sort of out at you know three in the morning at a nightclub or would i rather get up at 9am on a saturday or sunday and have a round of golf or... what about both oh dear <laughs> <laughs> i could be persuaded but you know if, if i had the choice between the two i would go golf all day long really? yeah i'd go golf all yeah. day long. at the moment i would as well to be fair because it's just you know it's it's something to do like especially because you know, at, at the moment... It's got that, it gets that competitive itch scratch as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, because we've not really got anything to do at the minute, you know, just, yeah, get on a golf course. And because there's no pressure with it, really. It's sort of, you can just relax uh, exactly. with it, you know, if it takes four, five, six hours, well, that's how long it's going to take. But yeah, I'd rather do that than sort of coming in at four, three, four in the morning and being absolutely sore the next day. <laughs> Of course, big and of course. Yeah, but so what of your what are your sort of New Year's Eve? Do you have any sort of like New Year's Eve traditions? Do you sort of you know do you got because obviously we're fairly near the the centre of London. Um, so uh-huh. do you sort of have you ever been up to the fireworks to see, or do you sort of usually just keep it in house, sort of with your family and stuff? No, I haven't. To be fair, no. Normally, normally what I do is I normally I meet up with my mates and we go around like because one of my mates' his parents normally go out for New Year's. So they go out and then we just go around his house and we just chill around his house and like drink and like play like a couple board games here and there, like just like chilling really. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it's a lot more fun. Get the cheese board out. Oh, I know you're a big fan of the cheese board. Love a cheese board and port as well. Oh my God. So no, that's what I normally do. I haven't so much ever, like, I don't know, that just, as much as obviously you can't do it now anyway, it never really appealed to me to like go in up to London and watch the fireworks and oh, just getting home nightmare for the people wasn't for me what about you um, yeah I've done it a couple of times um, yeah. yeah I've done it a couple of times um, but what like standing on like embankment or yeah like... stand on embankment um, and just the first year I was like oh, I'm never doing this again and then the second year I was like well I said I wasn't going to do it again so it was my own fault because it is literally <laughs> just um Oh, it's a madhouse. You've got so many people there. And it's just, yeah, you're all, you're like sardines in a tin. You can't, you can't move or do anything. So it's literally, you know, you're standing there and it's not the warmest of weather. And you just see, you're just standing there and you're going, oh, I could have watched this at home. I could have been nice and warm. But where it used to be nice, where I used to live, um, at the back, there used to be a school. Okay. So on sort of our balcony, they used to, the school was there. So they used to do their own um, firework display for like New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So we used to, you know, stand on the balcony and just watch it. Um, as, Free show. Yeah. Sort of 
yeah, free show. It was, yeah, it was really. So then, sort of when we found out they were doing that, that's sort of what what we decided to do. We just oh no, we'll just um, we'll just sort of you know watch this. You might as well, you know, traipse all out to London. You know, we're not far, but you know, being with all those people, it's just yeah, freezing cold. I'd rather just watch it on the TV or just watch it there. But unfortunately, this year I don't have that luxury. Um, no, are they are they even doing a fireworks display this year? Um, I think they're doing it all virtual. I don't, oh, okay. I don't know what that entails. I think they're just going to do the fireworks and just record it and put it on TV. But I don't know if they, you know, what they're going to do. But you sort of one for um, old Lang Syne. Do you sort of get in on that or? Oh, you have to, mate. Really, don't you? It, I mean, you do. You can't get out of it. I mean, I think it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, as much as I might not know the words and might not really sing along that much, mm-hmm. you know. As I say, you just got. To... I don't think anyone knows the words to be quite honest with you. Thanks for everyone at home for listening. Um, I think we potentially next week might have our first special guest. Might we George. might indeed. Um, and I think without giving too much away, I don't think we could have had our first guest without it being this person. No, exactly. We did. We did. We did try. We did, yeah. And get this guest to to appear on the show this week, but we had a few technical difficulties. You know, wouldn't it be the GNT hour <laughs> without re-recording some technical difficulties? No, exactly. It? I mean, it's part and parcel of the job, unfortunately. But exactly. Until we have a studio, which obviously we will get soon. And all that sort of yeah. Again, if um, anyone you know, <laughs> <laughs> again, so we want someone to sponsor a studio, and we also want someone to sponsor a travel trip around the world. So potentially, I don't know if you're putting two and two together, Biggin, but I'm thinking studio on the road. You know, oh hello, my God, studio in the back Blown of my van. My mind. We that exactly. could easily be done if we get like a camper van or an RV, exactly. done and dusted in the back. Bob's your uncle. Bye. Exactly. But yeah, no, definitely excited to get our first guest on. Um, it, yeah, it'll be more the same, just chatting, sort of um, seeing how they've been getting on. I think most people that listen to this show will, will know who this special guest is going to be. I think it doesn't take too many, uh, well, too many IQ points, does it, to guess who it's going to be? Headband Gang Reunited. Oh, who said that? Who said that? Exactly. Yeah. Buzzing Hello. for it. Thanks for listening this week, guys. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think we just. Uh, yeah, have a there. good 2021, guys.